order to understand the basis of Scripture, we must place ourselves in the context from which they were written. As the Scriptures confirm, there is power of life and death in the tongue, and in order for us to overstand the words spoken, we must acquire a superior knowledge which comes from the Creator, Most High, the Beneficent, the Most Merciful. This podcast is dedicated to the seeking of knowledge, the reading of written word, and the understanding of the will of the Most High Creator of the ends of the universe. May He forgive me if I do or say anything wrong. Welcome to an Overstanding Word podcast, where we discuss context of scripture in order to overstand the words within for intended applications thereof. I'm your host, Nakia Anderson, and welcome to this journey that we shall take together. There are a lot of things that take place in the land, especially as it relates to those that are so-called religious people. And one thing that you've probably seen and heard is false prophecies. You've probably also seen those who claim to be speaking in what they would call, quote, tongues. And then you may see that those that, you know, don't have that gift are speaking in tongues. Well, I want to take you to 1 Corinthians 14 to talk a little bit about uh, what we see take place in some of the the churches of an act or a demonstration or a show that they put on in regards to what is called by tongues. This is this is laid out by Paul. Now, if you haven't, I want to give a, a good shout out here really quick to Acts chapter two. In Acts chapter two, this is where those that were followers of Yahashua after his death, you know, there was a lot of things that took place in the land, a lot of struggles with the the disciples, uh, you know, the, a lot of them lost their faith and they were, um, you know, in turmoil as a result of seeing the Savior be crucified here in the land by those who create mischief, the so-called religious leaders. The Pharisees and the scribes were the ones that caused for his death. And now in these days and times, you see the religious folk in the church speaking what we call tongues or, or imitating what we call the speaking of tongues. Tamabota, Hamdamahanda. You know, all of these different things that can clearly demonstrate that there may be a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding or that someone has taught people that you can speak in gibberish. And that is the gift of speaking in tongues. But there's a warning that Paul gives here to the Corinthians in regards to this. And so as we dive into this episode today of First Corinthians chapter 14, I want you to just be open to receive Paul's words. I want you to also apply the proper context of Acts chapter two, which is where the people got together and the first speaking of tongues took place or speaking in tongues took place. As a matter of fact, let's give this as a, as a bonus episode. What I want to do is I want to lay out Acts chapter two. And just a little bit of what transpired there to give us proper context to what led up to the times where Paul is now out speaking to the Corinthians or sending the Corinthians this letter, uh, this this first letter, and, and talking about what is taking place with the speaking of tongues. So let's go to Acts chapter 2 for just a second. 
give a little bit of context and then we'll come to first now according to acts chapter one the there are several things that take place first off you've got the ascension of Yahashua, who has you know and he comes down and he speaks with the people again and some of the apostles asked him you know are you coming to free Israel and restore the kingdom? And, and he gives the message of talking about the fact that his father, see, the father has the authority. The father possesses the authority. And that's in, in, in Acts chapter one. He talks about that. They also assign Matthias to replace Judas. You know, Judas went out after betraying Yahshua. Judas went out and hung himself. So this is, these are some of the things that, that have taken place uh, as they, you know, went through the process of selecting a replacement for Judas and the resurrection comes uh, and the ascension comes and, and, and they're, they've spoken with, with you know, the, the, the one who came to save. So Acts chapter 2 begins with this. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. This is where the, the, the tongues come from. Other languages. As the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were about Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, they came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in their own native, in our own native languages. Here we are, Elamites, people of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, visitors from Rome, both Jew and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. Now, let me continue for just a second. I want you to understand what, what a response Peter gives here. He says, then Peter stepped forward and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heaven above and the signs on earth below blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that is 
But Acts chapter 2, I wanted to give that piece for context understanding as we get ready to dive in today to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So it begins with this. So verse 1, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. But it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you are saying so the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I could come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, and just uh, for context and, and meaning understanding, a bugler is a person who plays the trumpet, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. There are many languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. See, this is sound advice for those who possess this ability or those who think that this gives them notoriety to possess this ability because that is truly the, the place that a lot of people operate under when they speak in tongues. Take heed to the advice that Paul is giving here because when people hear or they see you speaking in tongues and they don't understand it, it is as Paul is speaking here to the Corinthians. What good is it doing for the church or the body as a whole if they don't understand what you're saying? And if they don't understand, interpret. If you're having this conversation, interpret. So let's continue. Verse 13. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't understand what I am saying. Well, then, what should I do? I will pray in the spirit and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people 
who hear you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather give five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childless in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. Notice what Paul is saying here in verse 21. It is written in the scriptures, this is verse 20, 21, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen, says the Lord. And this is according to Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. Verse 22 continues with this. So you will see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not non-believers or unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meetings and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. Now, what did the people who overheard them, even in their own languages, according to Acts chapter 2, what did they say about them? Oh, they're drunk. They got to be drunk. Well, Peter disbunked, he, he, he debunked that myth and said, it's only nine o'clock and we can't be drunk. What you are hearing and experiencing is the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God Almighty. 24 continues with this. But if all of you are prophesying and the unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convinced of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. Well, brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. See, if you analyze the theatrics that most, quote, religious folks who speak in tongues or say they possess the gift of speaking in tongues in these days and times, uh, Tamabota, Andamahanda, these different things that they've been taught and told to, you know, this is how you speak in, this is how you speak in tongues. Notice what they're saying. Their understanding of what tongues truly is, is not grounded in scripture based on what Paul is laying out here and based on what actually transpired according to Acts chapter two. Go read it for yourself. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to challenge your thought or your theology, but go read it for yourself. Look into it so that when you see things, you can recognize what is transpiring. Is this truly a gift of God or a gift of the spirit? Or is this someone who is putting on theatrics to look as though they are impressed or that they have a special gift given to them? Discern, discern the difference between the two. Paul gives us some great examples here as we continue to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, going back to verse number 27. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, 
they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord and the one who is speaking, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So according to this, it says that God is a God of order. So when you see things transpire in front of you, ask yourself, is this in order? In all meetings, that's what should be brought about is peace. Verse 34 continues. Women should be silent during the church meeting. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home. For it's improper for women to speak in the church meeting. Are you the only ones to whom it is given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, you should recognize that what I am saying is a commandment from the Lord himself. But if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. That is the conclusion of the reading of 1 Corinthians 14. This message is for those who struggle with a lot of the theatrics that take place in modern day churches, who struggle with a lot of what is really transpiring in these days and times that has fogged the message or muddied up the waters of the message of peace that comes from the Most High and being in His presence. May it be the will of the Most High God to clear up every crooked place in your life, that it be laid straight so that you can walk in clear understanding and knowledge of the path that leads to righteousness, which leads to your Creator. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. This episode has been brought to you by way of the Giving It Away to Walk in the Presence of God fundraiser. Link is posted in the bio.